have both Jessica and Ashley Simpson together. Jessica Simpson. I belong to me. Simpson and Nick Lachey. All you newlywed couples out there, can you imagine allowing a camera crew to follow you around day and night? Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? Hey, what's up? I'm Ashley Simpson. Please welcome Ashley Simpson. Coming up, Ashley Simpson right here on the VIP. With Ashley Simpson, I'm so excited. She said, I want to be a role model to girls. Now it's time to take a peek into the lives of the Simpson sisters, Jessica and Ashley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ashley and Jessica cast. We are back to newlyweds this week. We have the season three finale for you titled simply The Newlyweds. And I have a very special guest on somebody that I got so much great feedback from you guys after he was on last time for an Ashley episode. So I knew I had to have him back for a Jessica episode as well. He is one of the fantastic hosts of one of my favorite podcasts, Right Back Atcha. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the UK's Ashley Simpson, Joel. <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? I am so good. I'm losing my voice a little bit, so if you guys think I sound weird, that's why. But um, besides that, I am so excited to be recording with you. How are you, Joel? I'm good. You're getting a little bit raspy, a little bit Ashley going on there, You're getting stressed out. I know. It's great. I feel like Ashley and Demi Moore and Miley Cyrus all cooked into one. Oh, fabulous. Well, I am here and I am so happy to finally be talking about Jess. You know, we've had Ashley. Now I've got to have some Jess time. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I love all my guests, but I did get so much good feedback from the last time you were on. Multiple people told me that we should do a podcast together, which... <laughs> I think doing another podcast might kill me, but <laughs> but we could still have guest appearances. So why don't you start by telling everybody, if this is their first time listening, why are you the UK's Ashley Simpson? Oh, no. Um, okay. <laughs> well, that was a, yeah. Uh, I am the I, Joel Babington, and the UK's Ashley Simpson because uh, like Ashley, I have felt like I lived in the shadow. And as I briefly mentioned before, you know, I'm the youngest of three fabulous older sisters. Um, and uh, my sister closest to me in age, a few years older than me, um, is an actress um, and, you know, very successful in her own right. Um, and, you know, growing up, I very much felt that like, glamorous gorgeous talented older sister I was the slightly more odd awkward one both pursuing entertainment industry adjacent stuff um but like Jess and Ash very close and all love and you know I'm also just the edgy pop podcaster of the UK so there we go of course of course so tell everybody a little bit about your podcast you guys absolutely have to listen to it it's one of my top favorites because you and your co-host just know music so well and I feel like 
you just get it. You get the relevance of pop music and the impact that it's had on the world. So please tell everybody about Right Back At Ya. Bless you. So I am the co-host of Right Back At Ya, the 2000s pop music podcast. And every episode, me and my co-host, David, we take a artist and we celebrate them. We give them all the flowers they deserve. At Right Back At Ya, we have fun taking pop music seriously. There is no such thing as a novelty hit. There's no guilty pleasure. We just put respect where it's due to fantastic pop music because as we all know and you and your listeners know what incredible era of pop music we had in the 2000s so much fun the production so expensive so we love the pop girls and we celebrate them on our podcast yes thank you for doing that because it uh, I feel like a lot of podcasts in our community yes they do love the artists and the albums but I still feel like some of them are made with a little bit of a you know, this isn't actually good music, but we all love it, right? And I'm like, no, I think it's actually no, good. We love it. And yeah, we like, you know, we will, we won't go down fighting because, you know, we raise all this up, but we have the energy of going down fighting. Our last breath will be defending and celebrating this incredible music. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about your first impression of Jessica Simpson. Do you remember the first time you heard about her or saw her? Oh, what a question. Okay, so strangely enough, and I don't know if I've mentioned it on here. I think I mentioned it on the on Right Back Hatcher when we did our Jessica episode. I, for some reason, the first two albums passed me by in the UK, um, but I was on a holiday in Malta and, you know, back in the day, I don't know if they still really do them, but they'd have those like, you know, those stalls where they would sell, you know, bootleg CDs and DVDs and stuff. And they were on holiday and she was asking if they had any Jessica Simpson. And it just was, it just clicked with me because I was like, who is Jessica Simpson? And I was already fascinated. The seed was planted. And then I think when Newlyweds really came out here in the UK, I was instantly obsessed and I went, back and you know devoured everything I could sweet kisses irresistible I had the dream chaser dvd um yeah just devoured anything and everything I could uh both Simpson sisters really oh my gosh I love the dream chaser dvd oh I had it on that and Mandy Moore the real story I got both about time and just had them on in repeat and I got them in about 2003 2004 so you know in terms of the 2000s that moment in history was old news but to me I just loved it and was obsessed yes I miss the era when all the pop girls had uh like a a videotape or a dvd special come out that was like part interviews part songs they'd have a couple music videos in there and they were so like I still watch them to this day yeah time out with Britney Spears yes Christina had it was more just a concert but like Jeannie gets her wish yeah had to have them all Did you have one hour of girl power? Oh, so I actually didn't have one hour of girl power, which is shocking. But I had Spice World on VHS and I had Live in Istanbul, which had girl talk before. Um, But yeah, that was a hole in my collection. But some friends had one hour of girl power. So I watched it on repeat at their house. Thank God. Did you have it? Yes, I I wore out my copy like (laughs) and I still watch it on YouTube sometimes like when I'm feeling down, I tend to turn on 
some pop yeah. video that I've seen a thousand times, whether it be like the Britney one you you mentioned, Time Out with Britney, oh my gosh, that I, I also ran into the ground. And then one of the last ones I think I bought was Learning to Fly, Hillary Duff. Did you have that yes, one? I had that one as well. I was, I was slash am a Hillary stan. Me and my boyfriend have a Hillary Duff cushion in my living room in our lounge. Good. Uh, which he keeps saying you know when's this going to move to the bedroom or you know he's not he respects Hillary he's not a stan but so he's (laughs) like you know this isn't main room cushion cover and I'm like it is she's got pride of place it really is that special I wanted to be her so bad she had she was trying to be like a little edgy by that time you know so yeah she had that like long greasy on purpose straight hair and like the darker makeup and stuff and like the studded belts and I was like oh my god (laughs) yeah and you know look she hit it harder with the Hilary Duff self-titled second album she did I actually really love that album like people make fun of it and I'm like no it I I love fly it still like inspires me when I hear it I'm just like yes I can do it yeah absolutely yeah and I just got that I'm sure a lot of your listeners did got that on vinyl earlier this year when I was in New York earlier this year I picked it up it was an essential purchase and yeah blast that out now in the living room because sometimes you just need to learn how to fly don't you of course and she taught us all (laughs) exactly (laughs) so what is your favorite let's see between sweet kisses and irresistible which of those two do you prefer i would uh and look i think there's a world where you make a perfect album between the two track between the two albums absolutely but i would say sweet kisses more as a complete album but there might be songs that i love more on irresistible Uh, yeah i hear that and the thing is they're so different because on the first album they were like oh let's try to make her a poppy more poppy version of like an early 90s mariah or celine and then on the second album they were like nope britney (laughs) i know know. but i mean what range and what um you know as we know and i think we spoke about it last time all i look back and i think about this all the time how i wish they had just you know let her continue with the teen mariah teen celine route but hey if you're gonna be compared to and you know not pushed into a route of anyone but you know if you can have an album that sounds like mariah and celine and an album that sounds like britney hey i'd be thrilled oh my gosh yes so do you have a favorite early jessica moment like a music video or performance or outfit or anything like that i love the i think i'm in love with you music video i just it's my dream to one day have a red jeep and just drive i can't even drive but it's my dream to have a red jeep one day the thing about the girls <laughs> in this era it was like cars were so iconic like you had mandy moore with the Be- with the beetle bug in the candy video jessica with the red jeep in this video so anytime i see a red jeep i have to like stop which doesn't happen a lot but i stop and take a picture and i'm like jessica simpson's just been here um so that absolutely and i'd love to you know reenact the dance on the pier and then yeah i love some early vocal performances that are just absolutely phenomenal and the disney concert is incredible too how about you what are your standouts from the first two album mirrors my favorite performance is rosie o'donnell show i want to love you forever whenever you mention this on here i have to stop and go and watch the performances by the way 
Yes, I mention it all the time. Like when I'm at the grocery store in line, I like turn around and say, have you seen Rosie O'Donnell 1999? <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Simpson. It's just unbelievable what she could could do with her voice at that point in her life. I know, and I know. it's almost as if they really didn't care if she was just like blowing out her vocal cords on the first album. I don't know. I really hope she had the right vocal coach and trainers and everything because, oh my God, like I'm a singer and that is, I can't imagine doing that every night for two years or however, probably more, but however long she was performing that song consistently. I know, I know. And that's something I think about all the time and get really annoyed at is like, where were the, where were, where are the people that's helping, you know, the label, it should be a high priority for them to have people on hand to make sure these incredible voices are being nourished are being looked after you know the health and well-being of your artist has to be first and foremost hopefully we're living in that more of a world of that now but Jessica can and as we know she has and is teasing it but you know there I wish uh, some consistency had been made a priority from the labels and not her end if that makes any sense it does it does absolutely one of my favorite bands is Hanson and they started their own label in 2003 mainly because they felt like the labels that they had been with were only focused on right now this moment what song can we put out that will make it big make us money get you on you know another 500 date tour or whatever and just raking the money now rather than like fostering them as artists because they were like hey we want to do this for the rest of our lives like we've had some success and like we want it to consistently keep going we're not really concerned with being number one every single week and the record label was the opposite they were like well what's going to hit right now and I think Jessica is just the perfect example of that because they're like let's try this oh that didn't work let's throw it out okay let's try this oh that didn't really work let's try this And meanwhile, it actually was working because her first album sold 4 million copies worldwide. That's amazing. But just because it didn't sell 10 million or 12 million like Britney, it was like, oh my God, look at this big fat failure. Jessica, you know, get into the gym, lose more weight and do all the shit that didn't really do anything. And then it was when she was on Newlyweds and she was just on the couch, you know, that caused her to become the superstar that she is by the time, you know, this we're doing this episode today. I know, absolutely shocking, but and disgusting. Like, you know, the in, like we look back and the industry should just be disgusted with itself. But thank God our girl did have this platform and yeah, it was her and her raw genuine personality that made the world fall in love with her you know this is in such an unpolished era of reality tv and she just has that unexplainable thing that you can't put your finger on that quality that she just has that no matter what the episode what's going on people connect with it and she is this you know huge pop star or you know she does become that after newlyweds but she's also just you know the real her is a southern girl Uh (laughs) (laughs) and you know you can feel that you can't fake that kind of thing you really you can't really can't and they it's so funny that her label just totally missed that like they didn't even notice what they had because they were too busy trying to turn her into something else yeah and I think Tommy Mottola just saw dollar signs and was like okay I I need my own version of Britney and that's what you're gonna do period instead of taking the time to learn from his past mistakes (laughs) and actually like foster a true artist so you missed out but I'm curious what your thoughts are on In This Skin because many people find it to be her best album it's their favorite album of hers 
would you say it's it's your favorite Jessica album? And if not, which one is? Oof, what a question. I mean, I think it's an incredible album. And I think it was the right album at the right time for her. And I know, I think you've said that, like, you think an In This Skin part two is coming with what's next for her. And I think that's absolutely correct in the route she should go down. But I have so much love for the other albums as well. Like, the first two and A Public Affair just have such highlights. So I couldn't say it's my favourite, but they're like your your children in a way and like you go through moods and seasons so like there's each album I will like really focus heavily on and it will be my number one but it's yeah it's not I don't know it's incredible but not my number one is it your number one Jessica album you know I always say that it is because it's too hard for me to actually look at the actual songs of each album and choose a favorite so I always say that it's my favorite in concept because she was able to have more creative freedom and do what she wanted. Like, I think that there's songs on her first two albums and on A Public Affair and even Come On Over that are better than some of the songs on In The Skin. But I think In The Skin is her most cohesive work for sure. And I think that it it has this like beautiful theme of like nature and like she's always talking about like the sun or the moon or the beach or the waves or the clouds it has this very like light and um airy feel to it mm. and you can just tell that she wasn't blocked in by certain ideas and i guess it's great that irresistible ended up doing poorly in their eyes because they kind of just were like, okay, we give up. Fine, do like do whatever you want, Jessica, you know? It's also very eclectic. Like, there's a few different types of sounds. You're right. It is really eclectic, actually, when you dive in there and you have all the different sounds and the different moments that there is a lot of light and shade to it that is both eclectic and cohesive, as you said. So that absolutely is incredible. Do you think there's, and I don't want to deter from what we're going to talk about today, do you think there's a reason why the next album was then so different? Like, Why didn't we get an In This Skin part two? I think she didn't want to go too deep because she was dealing with such personal turmoil because mm. of the divorce and everything. And I know that she didn't want to do an album like Nick had done, which was this response to the divorce. You know, like he refused to speak about the divorce or even mention Jessica in interviews when he was promoting the album because he was like oh the album speaks for itself you can hear everything on the album you know and (laughs) i know (laughs) and so jessica was like i know everyone's waiting on my response to this so instead of that i'm gonna make a fun flirty album and and, did she and she did and just enjoy herself and you know the more serious songs they're not rooted in loss um of a relationship except for I guess let him fly but that's a cover anyway Mm -hmm. so I feel like she just didn't want to let people in any further I think that she thought she had let people in enough you know she had the personal album within the skin and then she let people into her home literally and paved the way for other reality shows and things like that and I think she just felt like I put enough out there and let's just have fun now let's be in the back of a limo with Eva Longoria you know 
Yeah, absolutely. And it was incredible. I do think, though, you're right that I think now is the time that we'll get this grown up in the skin part two. And boy, am I ready and waiting. If she's ready, I'm ready. Absolutely. So I think that the five songs that came out with Open Book, her autobiography, if that those are only five, if that was doubled and it was like 10 songs and that could be considered its own album, I and they were the additional five songs were as good as the five that we got, I probably would say that's her best album. Yeah. So if the quality of whatever she releases next, which I think is going to be like companion songs to go along with her new TV show, hopefully it's a full album. But if not, even if it's just a few songs, if they are up to the same quality as the songs from her audiobook, then I think we'll be moving in a direction where it's like her next album will be her overall best. I can't wait. I can't (laughs) wait. Come on, Jess, give it to us. And it's such a shame that, I mean, good for her that she's sitting on those open book tracks, but I hope she's going to do something with them. I hope they go on streaming. You know, she could do a limited edition vinyl. Like people will eat it up. Absolutely. I I don't understand what the holdup is because I know she has a studio in her home and I know she primarily works from home uh, on her collection and things like that. And she likes to be there for her kids. So I understand that she's not going to always be down in the studio or whatever, but I just feel like it's been such a long time coming and it's there's so much demand for it. You know, we're waiting on Jessica and Ashley's musical comebacks. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I'm manifesting it hard. So come on, girls. Um, And I know you had the guys on before and you were speaking about like them doing a joint tour. Like that's my like dream. If they did a joint tour together. (sighs) I know. I know. The fact that they haven't done it. I guess it shows that they don't care much about money, which I guess is a good thing. (laughs) But like, girls, you want to make some... (laughs) you want to make some big money i mean i can't even imagine like just the merch alone like a tour sweatshirt with like jessica and ashley both on it like are you kidding i would buy like three of them of the same sweatshirt just to make sure that you know what if i lose one or one gets messed up in the wash i need backups absolutely i hear you (laughs) yes so okay Uh, let's talk about this episode and you guys might be thinking wait you skipped an episode (laughs) (laughs) now just remember this is the ashley and jessicast it's not the nick and jessicast okay and the episode previous to this was entitled nick's lawn now did you uh subject yourself to that joel curiosity killed the cat (laughs) you messaged me and you were like nick's lawn is boring don't bother she's barely in it i'm like come on i'm sure it's still a fun fabulous episode boy were you right that Mm -hmm. was all filler television it was atrocious. Who wants to watch? Who's tuning in newlyweds to watch Nick and Drew mow the lawn and hire some guys? You know, maybe if, I don't know, like as a young teen, I did think he was the most gorgeous man ever. If he had his like shirt off or whatever, maybe it would be a more interesting episode <laughs> not to take it there. But it wasn't that at all. It was dull as dishwater. Uh, it really is because... You think, like, when you read the title, you're like, oh, this isn't going to be my favorite episode. But I'm sure, you know, while Nick's doing his lawn, there's some good scenes of Jessica doing whatever she's doing. 
No, it, it's literally a journey of Nick filling <laughs> the, the empty lot on the side of their house with grass and the, that process. It's something very much that belongs on like the home and garden network. Yeah. Like, I just don't feel that we needed all those details. Guy. And I feel like they make it seem like the workers they hire are doing nothing. And I just feel like that's really rude because really I'm, sh- rude, yeah. I'm sure they were working and they're in like the hot Calabasas sun and they have to be on the show, like making them look like they're lazy. And I'm like, if Nick had been doing something interesting with his life at the time and like, yes, we all deserve breaks. Maybe he was just, uh, you know, <laughs> recharging. But he wasn't, you know, it's not like he's even recording an album or anything. Like, it's just doing the lawn. I'm like, this is not what we tuned in for. No. And it felt like you were watching it in real time. And it's only 20 minutes of television. But it felt like I'd watched the whole day with them and not in a good way. And when I was watching it, I just kept thinking, I am so happy you said to skip this episode. Because, I mean, I know we have just spoken about it, but I don't think I would have had anything to say about it. No, I mean, what we just said is really the extent of it. Like, there's nothing to say. And I was like, I cannot waste <laughs> Joel's episode <laughs> on this. Like, I just can't. I can't. I, again, I would cover if it. I would cover it if it was the Nick and Jessica cast. But even if I was in love with Nick, I just don't know what I would say. I'd be like, yep, he, you know, goes to the Home Depot or whatever. Like, it's just nothing. So what a guy. Oh, my God. Yes. What a guy. He shows his glowing personality in this episode that we are about to talk about, which is the season finale of season three. But they call it season 2.5 for some reason, but it's season three. And it's just called the newlyweds because I guess they were out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this was potentially going to be the last episode? I don't know like that would make sense but then I just think it aired on August 18th 2004 and Jessica was just so big at the time that I I can't imagine that they didn't expect to renew so I don't know it's just funny that they're just like yep the newlyweds um yeah if it ain't broke don't fix it title of the show title of the series finale great there you go so it opens and they're at the Daily Grill which still exists in Los Angeles And it's Jessica, Casey, her assistant, and Leah, who is Drew Lachey's wife, and Jessica's choreographer, which is interesting. I didn't realize that she was a choreographer. No. Do we know if she's a... I haven't done any research. I apologize. But do we know if she's a choreographer outside of this? Or she was only Jess's choreographer? Or what? I was wondering that. And then I forgot to Google it. But... (laughs) But I I mean, I think it's great, you know, keep it in the family, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And they're ordering salads. Jessica's not 100% sure what scallions are. Do you think they were just trying to recreate (laughs) another chicken tuna moment at any given opportunity? Yes, I think that she knew that this was working for her. And so any chance she got, like if there was anything where she was like, Hmm, like, what are her scallions again? Maybe she would play that up and be like, wait, what is that? Or, you know, what is that called? Or what does that mean? I love the uh, Chinese chicken salad. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. But I don't want scallions. <laughs> are scallions those white things on top? I don't want those. Or no, no. Do you want scallions? Yeah. And you don't want any scallions? Well, I thought scallions <laughs> what were is that? What are those plastic looking things on top. Yeah, I don't, I don't want those. I had just had to Google what a scallion is. So here it's called a spring onion here in the UK. I don't know if it's got that name as well in America or it's just scallion. 
Yeah, that's be- that is what it is. Maybe I'm not the UK's Ashley. Maybe I am the UK's Jessica. <laughs> oh my goodness. Either way, what an honor. What an honor. Yes. But then later when she's having dinner with Nick, she thinks that foie gras is frog, but it's duck. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, you think they might in the editing room. You know, it's one thing as I think you'd find a lot of people that are in reality TV will serve you moments time and time again, because, you know, not it, not a lot's going to make it in the edit. But maybe the editors should just pick one or the other, like maybe one food misunderstanding per episode. I know, because that's what it is most of the time. Like, I feel... I feel like when she sits down to eat, they're like, all right, all right, come on, let's get, like, you know? Here's where we make our money, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And then Nick said in that, I mean, we're skipping ahead, but Nick says that a lamb is only a, a female, but a lamb is just a baby sheep, right? A lamb can be a boy or a girl. So while we're just at that, so what it was interesting to watch it now in 2022 eyes and I do think like when we did the Ashley Simpson show like I feel like I know that show a lot more inside out like newlyweds I did watch at the time and loved and was obsessed with but it's not ingrained in my mind and Ashley Simpson show I'd re-watched since over the years but this was kind of watching you know a bit not cold because I'd seen it all before but it felt like fresh eyes and it was interesting that Nick doesn't come across as intelligent either nope it was all branded on Jess. And it's like, he is equally saying it, but he's just sort of <laughs> saying it as a arrogant, confident, straight white man, you know? Yes. By default, he was the smart one, which is absurd. <laughs> Absolutely absurd. Um, yeah, it's yes. like these two having a dinner together, you know, if you need somebody to be on key, like they got you, you know, like that's a job for them. But mm-hmm. as far as, you know, knowing facts about food or animals not so much for is frog huh? it's for gua frog foie gras i don't think it's frog though i think it's frog really yeah foie gras i thought it was like some kind of vegetable thing no it's either a tongue of something or it's a frog you know what it reminds me of on funny farm where he has to eat those lamb balls lambs don't have balls lambs are female aren't they or is that not right i don't know i thought a lamb was a female sheep maybe i think lambs are just the babies. What's a mule? A mule? A, a you. A you. Oh. And you know, who is gonna, I mean, it's not an excuse at all, but also it's just food at the end of the day. But when they're <laughs> both young, successful pop stars, like, you know, they're gonna have been quite sheltered in a way. So it yeah. makes sense. It's just, I think, yeah. I mean, I know it's just fun, it's lighthearted, but it's just interesting how everything was perceived that it felt so heavily on one and not the other, but Hey, ho, look, it made our girl a superstar. So it was worth it. It was worth it. Absolutely. So Jessica's a little stressed because she's rehearsing for her first really big tour and she has to pack for nine weeks, which that gives me anxiety just hearing that. Like I can't, I did a cruise ship plea. I had to pack for nine months once. <gasps> no yeah but i mean at least it was one location and all that but yeah how do you even begin to pack for nine months (sighs) you just sort of hope for the best (laughs) and i i didn't stop i didn't finish packing until the day i left which is awful this is like 10 years ago so i was like young i was 19 so yeah interesting interesting but jess was on tour at least i was just going on to sort of one boat (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. they're moving around but it's interesting that she says this is her first big tour and I appreciate it is but she wouldn't consider the dream chaser tour a big tour 
I, that's what I was thinking too. Like that was a pretty big tour, but I think because it was like, uh, it was also like a carnival. Yeah. <laughs> so, the going on in the parking lot. Like I think, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of demeaning. Like why does there have to be other things going on at this concert? Like why can't it just be Jessica's concert? Like why does there have to be a whack-a-mole and <laughs> stuff like that? So I know, but doesn't that sound incredible? Actually, it does sound really fun. Like I'm sad I missed it. H- have you yeah. seen Jessica live? No, I wish I would love, love, love to see Jessica live. I've seen her. In, I've seen her in the flesh, which I think I briefly did speak about on the last episode when her and Ashley came out the stage door after seeing Ashley in Chicago. So I've seen her in person in a very split second. But no, I would love to see her perform live. Oh, I know. I've only seen her do a short set because I saw her open for In Sync. Oh wow! So, Incredible. Okay. Yes. It was a surprise appearance, actually. She wasn't their opener, but it was the day that Irresistible came out. Wow. They were playing just outside of New York City in New Jersey, near where I live. And I was there to see NSYNC and just, you know, already thrilled out of my skull, like just dying. Like, can't believe I'm going to see NSYNC. And Jessica comes out as a surprise and I about (laughs) peed my pants. Uh, I would have exploded with yes. excitement. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and the poor thing was sick that day, and she still insisted on singing live, which, no shade to Ashley, but I love that Jessica refused to lip sync because it was just so, she had just so much integrity about the performance, and she was actually coughing in between wow. the lines that she was singing. So she would sing a line, and she would sound a little bit like me, like a little scratchy, <laughs> and then she would literally be like... <laughs> and then keep singing oh bless her and And was she dancing as well yes and i was like this poor girl is sick like like you know she doesn't have to be doing this right now she wasn't even supposed to be opening for them in the first place but they wanted to promote the album as as best they could so she kept on trucking and went through it and i'll just never forget that like i remember my mom took me to the concert bless her and I remember her saying too, like, wow, that was that was really good of her. Like she got through it and like that is awesome. And I think we we just will always have so much respect for her from that moment, you know? Oh, bless her. Yeah, absolutely. I would have had the track on, I would have just done the routine and I would have been out of there. <laughs> yes, yes. So ugh. Okay, but I have to know what uh what was your role on the cruise ship? Oh, I was a dancer back in the day. Yes. So I was a dancer on a cruise ship for nine months. Three, we did three different sort of variety shows, plus some like extra one-off numbers. Yeah, it was for an Italian cruise ship company. So it was all very European, very dated choreography and stuff. It was a very interesting moment in time. There is a very, I, I reshare it every Christmas. There's a, a uh, video of me and the other dancers doing a, on deck we did normally perform in a theater but on christmas day we performed on the deck sunshine and we're doing a dance to uh miley cyrus's uh rocking around the christmas tree and you would (gasps) you would think i'm giving it the energy of like you'd think i was hannah montana oh (laughs) my god yes that's amazing I love that. So, okay, let's get back to this episode here. So they go rehearse Jessica's show at Center Staging, which is where all the big celebrities are always rehearsing in L.A. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they always make Jessica look like she's doing the least. Like, 
she's yawning and they just show them like stepping from side to side they don't show any actual <laughs> like I like what do you think realistically at this point i appreciate like what they were doing in the edit but surely her chore rehearsals really can't have been this last minute like had she already had band rehearsals do you think and then they were just figuring out the movement like this couldn't have been day one of rehearsals just a few days before she's going to the actual venue no well i feel like they just didn't really rehearse that much because even though jessica hadn't done a tour since 2001 she was always doing like random shows and performances like sometimes it would be with nick but a lot of the time it was just by herself like she would go perform at a mall or she would have a signing and she would perform there or she would perform at um like a jingle ball or some type of thing like that so I think because she really isn't doing the whole pop star full on choreography thing, really, she just has to sing with the band, which she does anyway. I don't know if they had the same band from all of these one off appearances that she was doing, but mm. I, I don't think that she really needed that much rehearsal. I think it was more just like I think the next part that they show of her on the stage, I think that was the more important part, like to get her in the clothes that she's wearing and get her used to going up and down the stairs because she's wearing the heels the whole time and all of that stuff. So I think the next scene that we see where she's like questioning everything and she's like, are these stairs different? Is this, you know, is that really necessary? Is this, you know, do we need mm. this? Like, I think that was really more the important rehearsal for her. Yeah. What song do you think? I think it's such a shame that like we get that dubbing of just like stock music. What song do you think they were rehearsing to in this dance studio where they're walking around and sort of wiggling a bit? <laughs> I don't know because she she really just does that with like basically every, every song. song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But it's like it's Jessica's music. It's MTV. Surely they would have had the rights to it. I don't know if maybe on the original version there was some music played and it's just the DVD dubbing. Well, later on when she performs the version that you watched, what did you get the actual song? Yeah. It was I Think I'm In Love. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. We did get that. Yeah. So I think it's weird that they showed that, but they couldn't show. Here they, in rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That always confuses me because there, there's some stuff that they show and then some stuff that they play this like very generic, yeah, like weird pop music over. But uh, Nick, okay, so then Nick is at Dodger Stadium and he's oh. like just, he's happy as a clam. Like he could not be, you know, in a better place. And I'm sure they edited this conversation to make it look like Jessica totally doesn't care. And it's really funny. Like, she's just like, oh, I'm working so hard. And he's like, I've wanted to do this since I was a little boy. And she's like, yeah, she's like, we're rehearsing. And, you know, I I, I don't feel good. And he's like, this is a once in a lifetime dream moment for me. Like, they're not even talking to each other. They're not connecting at all. They're yeah. just like both talking about their separate things. Hey. Sorry, I haven't called you all day. I'm up at rehearsal. Just working hard. Let me paint a little picture for you. I'm standing on the field at Dodger Stadium in full Reds uniform, about to take batting practice with the team. As a little boy, this is what you dream of doing one day. I'm insane right now. Doing everything from choreography stuff, staging stuff. Like, I'm in full uniform minus the cup. Why? Because I'm, I'm counting on nobody hitting me in the nuts. <laughs> Jessica said nobody's allowed to hit me in the balls because I don't have a cup on. Nah, it's, it'll be fine. Well, I'll call you when I'm done with this. Love ya. Love you too. Bye. I mean... Yeah, come on. I mean, look, I appreciate that that's a really big experience for him, but she's going on her first big 
national tour Mm -hmm. and she's not feeling well and she's under rehearsed like girl's got a lot going on yeah I think I would have that would have just been a text from me (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah it's like okay congrats with your what is he what was he learning like I think they were doing oh they were doing batting practice Mm. like congrats but I have a career so like I'm a (laughs) little busy (laughs) But yeah, so when it was cut to that, I mean, good for him. And I appreciate it's meant to be an even paced show. But I was like, I just want to see rehearsals. I want to see more of rehearsals. And speaking of which, I think it was on the phone call, the snacks they had. I mean, just that huge tub of Twizzlers, like grade A snack game at the rehearsals. Oh, my goodness. That's the best part of working the entertainment job is the craft services. (laughs) absolutely oh it gets me every time i'm always the person like stuffing everything in my purse for later you know yeah absolutely so then uh jess and casey are eating before jess has to go and jess gets on a private jet with her dad and ken and did you notice that ken touches her butt when she's getting on the plane like what was that I think it's just sort of, yeah, a little push up. I mean, what we have to remember is I think they were very close then. Um, and a, you know, in the entertainment industry, we can have very close dynamics and be touchy feely. I think he was just giving her a little hoist up, or maybe it's something they do. I think it would have definitely been a consensual thing. But yeah, funny, funny moment watching back and an interesting <laughs> thing to make it into the edit. Yeah, I feel like now men are so scared because of Me Too and Time's Up and everything that's gone on. Like I literally, <laughs> I, I did a TV show right after Me Too happened and this guy that we were reading the script and the script involved, it was ironically like showing Hooters waitresses or whatever. Do you have Hooters mm. in the UK? <laughs> no, but we're aware of the concept. Okay. I was like, they're too distinguished over there. They don't have Hooters. <laughs> they- <laughs> Not in the Queen's England, you know? No. But, but yeah, it was like an I- irony thing, like, you know, showing those waitresses and stuff. And he was afraid to even say the word boobs to me. And I was like, it's okay. Like, it's it's in the script. I, I know that you're not just, like, talking about boobs, which also, if you were, that's fine. I don't really care. But men are so nervous now in professional situations that I feel like you just don't, you just don't see those little love taps going on anymore. <laughs> No, but I mean, look, good. They can be nervous in situations. Actually, no. I mean, I don't mean that, but I think I would rather live in a world where they second guess stuff than yes. the other way. <laughs> yes, I hear you. So Jessica's not feeling well. She took a Z-pack to try to knock out whatever she has. But I guess like one side of her glands was swollen and now the other side is swollen. So I did feel really bad for her during that whole scenario. And Nick didn't make it any better with his comments and him just being annoying. Yeah. And I just felt like I would feel so uncomfortable if I was her in that situation. Like your rundown, it's your first big tour. And then even just in the dressing room and stuff, like it just didn't feel like there was calm. She's on, she's on a sofa in a big room with loads of stuff going around, other people in and out stuff going in your face it just didn't feel like you know in that situation she sort of just needed to be in a clean calm room on her own to relax a bit not loads of stuff going on yes I totally agree I wish that there was like a second like a smaller room off of her dressing room for her to just kind of exist without 
comments going on. Like even even Joe, who I don't dislike anywhere near as much as I dislike Nick. I actually like Joe for the most part, but he's like, oh, hey, Jessica, you didn't sound as good today as you normally do. Ha ha ha. Like, yeah, you don't say that to someone when they're <laughs> ill just before they're huge tour absolutely not especially when your father especially when you're that you're their manager like come on yes like that was not a funny joke at all speaking of joe like i just think the where was the meeting before to talk through all the creative decisions you know if she's on the stage and seeing saying she doesn't like the candles or is that cheesy i really appreciate that she picked out the wording as well and said you know i want to check there's nothing um offensive in there because you know i feel like in 2003 people wouldn't even give that a thought no that was so wise of her like that was a very 2022 thing to notice and i was very impressed by that because i can't read what those characters say and she even says like because at this point um in time you know late 90s early 2000s it was very popular to have like asian characters on your shirt or tattooed on your body and you know britney spears even said that she wanted to get mysterious tattooed on her but they ended up tattooing strange onto her because you know she couldn't read it so she just believed what they told her you know and um it's actually incredibly incredibly smart of her to say hey what does that mean and of course nobody knows and she goes well i just don't want to offend anybody and then the person she's with says, oh, well, I can't imagine that it says anything offensive. But she's like, well, I just don't see, like, what the point is to even have it up there. And she's right. Like, why were there random Chinese characters everywhere? Yeah. And it's like, why? She shouldn't be seeing all this stuff for the first time at the arena. Like, you know, yes. where's the mood boards? Where's the approval? Like, I I love, though, that she's being a boss and she's saying, you know, I do like this. I don't like this. It's showing a real hint of, like, that what her career has led to was, you know, her running an empire. And it's just, you know, where was the sign off of her approval before? It shouldn't be in the arena because it's so hard to change all these things that are now like so set in stone at this stage. Rehearsal today is, um, you know, there's lots to think of and lots to do and lots of pressure to make it like a superstar show. I've just done star shows, but this is like superstar. Like I'm the headliner, so. Can we just do that one? One time, just for me, all the way through. The stage looks so cool. Mm. You think those shears look a little tacky? Yeah. I don't like those. My only other thing is I don't really like the white because when yeah. it's white, it kind of closes it in a little. It distracts me. Well, it just looks better with that, like that, those in the same vein of that. The candles kind of look cheap. I just don't want to offend anybody out here who can read that. Well, yeah. surely it wouldn't say anything offensive. Now I'm thinking that is there really a point? You know what I mean? Okay, and I don't want smoke because it drives me out. I'm so pale. It's so cold. Are these stairs different? Does it not have a railing? Because knowing me, I'll step backwards or I would much rather have something either behind me. Do you think the candles look cheesy? Oh, no. It was just poor planning by her yeah. team. And I agree with you. That was my favorite part of the whole episode was just seeing her, you know, say, okay, why is this here you know do these candles look tacky or whatever and i love that she genuinely like is looking at the details and she's saying well you know i don't like this or i don't like that and i do kind of feel like the way they edited it i feel like they were almost trying to make it seem like she's complaining about everything but i didn't see it that way at all i saw it as like this is her show and i love the part when she says 
I've done a star show before, but this is a superstar show. And yeah. I was like, that is so true. Like she's she's smart. And the fact that they kept trying to this whole show prove to us like how stupid she was is crazy. Like, I don't you know what? She's a pop star. I don't care if she doesn't remember what scallions are. That makes absolutely no difference. I care about the show. And you know what? So does she. And she's working really hard on it. Yeah. And I think the I think what Jess has is kind of a a purity and not a naivety, but I think the the purity comes across as potentially naive, which MTV milk and edit it like that. But it's these other snapshots that it's she's aware that this is a Jessica Simpson show. And, you know, we know that that's got tens, if not hundreds of people working on it. But the audience will come and they will leave on an opinion of Jessica Simpson. If that means they thought the lighting was cheesy, they will connect that to Jessica Simpson, not the whole production. So good for her for knowing that. And exactly what you're pointing out of she's done a star show before that moment. And and this is she's just being a professional. And I think she it might come across in a a way that it isn't, um, you know, how we would perceive a business person to be. But she is also a young pop star that has been doing this since she was very young or pursuing it since she was very young. So she's not going to have, you know, she's a, you know, she doesn't have the way to articulate that, but the ethos is there. And I think MTV just edit it, edits it in a way, but she knows what she's doing. Absolutely. And I love what you said before about how you can see the early shades of, the mogul right like Mm -hmm. what she does now i mean wouldn't you kill to just see her in a showroom with all the clothes and the shoes and the luggage and the bedding and all the jessica simpson stuff saying like oh you know i think this looks cheap let's change this can we try this all you know all that kind of stuff exactly try and try and tell her that she has to have candles that she thinks look tacky now if our girl doesn't want the tacky candles they'll be gone get get those candles out of here immediately (laughs) yes So she has to get a cortisone shot. And I don't remember where she said that they were going to do it, but they they sometimes do the shot in the butt. And Nick has to make some joke about like, I'll give you a shot in the butt. And he like gets on top of her. And I'm like, she does not feel good. Get off of her. Yeah, exactly. And that's like more of what I was saying earlier. It's like, imagine if you're feeling ill. And like, when I know when I feel run down, I just feel gross. And yeah. like, you just want to be on your own. Like you need to like restore yourself. And the last thing you want is someone climbing all over you like that. It's like, mate, like I've, I'm doing a headline tour now. Like leave me be. Yes. I know it's hard for you to imagine having your own headlining tour, Nick, but <laughs> it's a lot of stress and a lot of yeah. pressure. And that's probably why she was sick because you know, someone says to her at some point, like, don't stress because that makes it so much worse. And she's right. Like, that's the number one thing the doctor always tells you. It's like, don't get stressed out. And it's like, mm. she needed him to be like waiting on her. And, you know, he's not doing anything. Like, he doesn't have a job to do there, like Casey or Leah. Like, he's literally just there. So it's like, why don't you bring her some tea, Nick, instead of jumping on her and saying that you're going to, you know, shoot her in the butt? Like, ugh. Yeah, and it's like, just be a supportive partner. You know how this feels. Like, I'm sure he's felt ill before a show before. And like, you know, so you're just like, what can I do to help you and all that? And yeah, just be supportive. Yes. Instead of being obnoxious. I say it every episode, but uh, Vanessa, if you need help, just let (laughs) let me know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll send a car for you, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, and then and then there's the part where Jessica's on the couch, like trying to relax, and she's like, "I'm so sore." And Nick is like, "What do you think of these lyrics?" And I'm like, "What? Are you really trying to like get advice from her right now about your song? Like, was he joking? Because he didn't have." like a piece of paper or anything like that with lyrics on it. Was he just going to sing her something off the top of his head? Like now's not the time. Yeah. If I felt like Jessica with everything, all the pressure I had of the things I was about to do feeling the way I felt and no matter who you are, if you started asking me about lyrics, like, no, absolutely not. If it was like an ongoing thing, like say, this is a song he had been showing her little bits and pieces of of the last six weeks or something. So it wasn't something new, which it really could have been. But in the way that we've seen it, it's like, this is not the right time for this. No, <laughs> not at all. Like she has to focus on her stuff, you know? Yeah. And so then, that's why I thought maybe he was joking, but like, that's not, you know, at least like Joe's joke, like I could see what he was saying, but like, it still wasn't funny, but I could understand it. Like, that I, I I guess he was serious, which is just like even worse because it should be like on the premiere night of her big tour, it should be all about her, period. Like unless Nick just cured cancer, like it needs to be all about Jessica. And also realistically, it's like, it's interesting that they're all there in that way because you'd think, you know, if it was a... And like you know as a show I'm sure like and when you've done theatre it's like you tech 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 all day mm-hmm. like on before opening night and then you're kind of straight into opening night so yeah it's just interesting that she he there's that downtime to even have people lurking around in that way I agree and well Nick does say one nice thing where he he says like right as she's about to go on he's like I want to love you forever which I did think was kind of cute and um and Tina gives her a little pep talk and it's like all these people are here to see you. They bought tickets and everything. And what an amazing feeling. You know, as a performer, I've had so many wonderful moments, but I've never done like a show that was just me as the headliner knowing as you're walking on stage that everybody has paid because they love you and they've put their lives aside for a night and they are coming just to celebrate this music that they love and see you like what an incredible feeling for her like it it made me so happy even though I've seen the reality tour DVD a million times but it just you know it got me in my feelings <laughs> yeah I mean incredible that's the ultimate dream isn't it yes yes and I'm so happy that she got to do that because she didn't um, I mean she did do a tour with come on over but it wasn't quite as big of a tour you know it was chili cook-offs and things like that so (laughs) it was a little different you know so I'm happy she got to do that because she hadn't hasn't done that again and I mean I hope I hope we have that for her future but what I want more is like an intimate little club tour you know yeah that would be incredible uh you know all hits just everything we love and you know any new stuff she wants to give us it'll be incredible and hopefully she'll do it internationally come on Jess I would literally fly like wherever she does a show her next show wherever it is like I will literally fly anywhere I just want to see her (laughs) I am so excited so who knows Joel maybe I'll see you at a Jessica Simpson concert oh I would love that so (laughs) much yes so the opening is I think I'm in love 
which is, I always say it's my favorite Jessica song. I don't know that it really is because I love so many of her songs, but I agree with what you said earlier about the video. Like, I, I think this is one of her best songs, best videos. And, you know, her performance is a little shaky, but, you know, she has said that she was sick and everything. And I think given everything that she was dealing with, um, I think she she sounds amazing and is, is doing a great job, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I would say I on the record say it's my favorite song as well. I mean, it depends how I'm really feeling. But yeah, it's an 11 out of 10. And, you know, the thing is, we know that recordings capture everything. Whereas to be in the room, I bet the energy was electric. And, you know, you don't you hear music in a different way live. You yes. Know? So although it sounds, you know, it sounds like opening night of someone that's extremely talented but is feeling unwell and mm-hmm. it's got a lot going on but I bet you didn't pick up on hardly any of that in oh. the room and I love you know Ken knocked it out of the park with this big gorgeous hair <laughs> yes. and this lovely pink number like what a fabulous look oh my gosh this is my favorite Jessica look ever Wow. Yes. Um, Derek, who is Jessica's biggest fan and a very dear friend to this show, he compiled this book for her last birthday um, that a bunch of us contributed to. And we had to answer a few questions, including what's your favorite Jessica look? And I said this dress, which is a custom uh, dress that was made for her. And she did confirm, she said to Derek a couple months ago at her in-store appearance in LA that it is in the archive, so the dress is still is safe and sound in case you were, you know, staying up nights worried about it, which I have. Oh, my God. We need the Jessica Museum. And, yeah, shout oh. out to Derek Icon. Loved uh, your episodes <laughs> with him recently. And, obviously, the live coverage from the event was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm very proud of that episode, too, because I just feel like – I feel like a lot of people tuned in thinking like, oh, I'll just hear about, you know, this fan going to the event. And I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Okay, like these people know Jessica and Ashley better than any other fans. And that was just like, I I mean, I don't know about you, but I was just like beaming during the whole thing. Like, so I loved it. And from the three of you talking, like, I felt like I lived the experience. It was wonderful. Right? I feel like I, like, I feel like happier for Derek than I would if I had been there. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, oh, so exciting. Yeah. Same. So deserved. Loved it. Yes. So um, Jessica did this thing in the middle of her show on the reality tour where she had fans on the stage and she would just do like a Q&A, which I think was so brilliant. Whoever came up with that, you know, knows Jessica's audience, knows what she really became a superstar for, which is just being herself. And boy, oh boy, does she deliver <laughs> when she's asked, what's your favorite moment with Nick? And she starts by giving a, you know, a generic answer like, oh, well, when obviously when we said I do, that was very memorable. But then she explains that her favorite memory of Nick is when he farted in front of her for the first time. So I'm going to do a little question and answer thing. Somebody gets to ask me a question and obviously I answer it. What's, What's your, your most favorite, favorite memory with Nick? I have a lot of memories with Nick. Definitely saying I do was probably my favorite, but another one of my favorites was when Nick broke the ice, meaning um, he farted in front of me. And that was, that really made me 
fall in love with him because I was like, okay, well, since I'm the kind of girl who is not shy about that kind of thing, I know I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this guy because we can just be comfortable together. I bet you didn't think I was going to say that. <laughs> what was your uh, opinion on that, Joel? I just thought, well, yeah, first of all, I thought Q&A, like, oh, that's a bit odd during a show. And then I thought about it like you and thought that is perfect for her and her audience at this time. The the nation, the world loves her for her and her personality. So what a perfect thing to include. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just loved it when she said that, because that is why we love her, because you think if you were to ever judge a book by its cover, which we know we shouldn't in life, you have this visually perfect pop star that you just think would never say anything like that. And then you've got these perfect pop songs. And I mean that as the highest compliment. So then then it's just this sort of more real, heartfelt, goofy kind of person saying these things and mm-hmm. saying that, you know, she doesn't, you know, doesn't care about those things in a, you know, in a really fun, positive way. I just think that's fab because... She's just being real in herself, you know? Yes. I loved what did it you too. Think? Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. And I love that Nick is embarrassed. Like they show him, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, and it's not it like I don't find any issue with it at all. Like if that was my partner, I would I would probably be like, Oh my gosh, like really that's what you chose out of every moment we've shared together. But it's so uniquely Jessica. Like she's announced before on the show, like, well, I have a lot of stuff to do, but first I have to poop, you know, and <laughs> Nick is like, why are you saying like, why are you saying that? And she's like, because I have to. And he's like, yeah, but you don't have to like tell everybody. And she's just, she's just who is who she is. She doesn't think before she speaks. And I love that it's authentic. And like you're saying, seeing such a beautiful woman who, you know, not to get too serious, but like throughout history, women have been oppressed and and pressured to be a certain way and be a nice little girl and don't say anything out of turn. And like, she's just like, yeah, I, I loved when he farted, (laughs) you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, especially in the industry, you know, women can be, you know, made to be such a a way. And then it's, it just shows that when you are yourself, that's when you have real success. Yes. So how do you feel about this, Joel? I don't know how long you and your boyfriend have been together, but uh, do you fart in front of each other? Like, Oh my God, I'm not (laughs) answering that on uh podcast but do you know what there was a I think well look we've lived together during lockdown so <laughs> um let's just say there was a time when that was an absolute no-no on my behalf you know when it was like I'm not a prude at all but you know when it's just like and it wouldn't bother me at all if he did but you know when it's just sort of like I wasn't that open yet or you know would be surely embarrassed by it but no, after like, you know, having to live together 24-7, those barriers are long gone. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, thank God that we just feel that comfortable around each other. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's your favorite memory of him? The first time he parted? <laughs> <laughs> um, 100% yes. Of course. Um, yeah, no, I can't say they're cherished memories, but I really <laughs> appreciate that the uh, comfortability is there. <laughs> Yes, yes. And so before we move on, I do have one more question. If you were on stage at Jessica's show, what would you ask Jessica? Okay. I would say, Jessica Ann Simpson, you are part of the Holy Fab Four. Yourself, Amanda Lee Moore, Christina Aguilera, and Britney Jean Spears. Which of the other members of the Fab Four would you like to duet with the most? And what kind of song would it be? 
Ooh. I wonder. That I don't just know. came to me on the spot, the pressure of that. <laughs> I think she could do... I know, obviously, the obvious answer is Britney. And, you know, I think her first album, her and first album, Christina could have done something, like, magical together. Like, oh. a pop ballad, like, in the best 1990 way. But now, don't you think Jessica, with the way her music sounding and Mandy Moore with her grown up mature indie sound like they could do something spectacular together yes that was what you just said is the perfect thing like if it was 1999 Christina yes like her and Christina like their first album vibes oh my god those two together would just have blown everyone's mind um but presently that's I had the same thought right before you said it was Mandy and her especially because Mandy just did the type of tour that I would like to see Jessica do Mm. like a smaller club tour where you know she's sitting on a stool most of the time just singing and you know in between talking and you know telling the stories from her life and the songs and things like that so that oh that would just be brilliant and I think you know we just saw Britney with Elton and I could totally see like a Britney Jessica weird hybrid song coming out of nowhere but I don't know if Jessica would do that because I think she's so scarred from (laughs) being called Britney and being you know it's not Britney's fault whatsoever but I I I think Jessica would just be like I don't want to be associated with her anymore it's been my whole life you know yeah I always thought um you know Britney's album Glory I don't know how familiar you are with the whole body of Britney Jean Spears body of her I know every song like the back of my hand, my friend. <laughs> of course you do. Um, so, you know the song on Glory? I can't remember the title, but the song is like, uh, it's about the, the guy's having an affair and she looks just like her. Mm-hmm. It's called, like, isn't it called Just Like Me? Oh, well, there you go. Um, I'm like, I always, every time I listen to it, I imagine a music video that Jessica Simpson's making a very special guest appearance in it. And Jessica Simpson is the woman mm-hmm. her boyfriend, her love interest is having an affair with in the music video. And <gasps> there's like some real like artistic movement between Britney and Jessica visually. Like it's a real spectacular moment. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I love that and it you know Justin Timberlake did kiss both Britney and Jessica so and I think you know what I wonder if Jessica ever hooked up with Ryan Gosling because she did have a crush on him when she was auditioning for the Mickey Mouse Club so I mean look there are several lifetime movies in that (laughs) (laughs) I know well did you read Jessica's book uh audiobook had to listen to it straight away of course of course so when she says that after her divorce, she, like, got around. Like, I love how she says that she had a long list of male celebrities that she wanted to experiment <laughs> with. And she said that she crossed them all off and everything. I would sell my soul to read that list. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would look. When she's – if she's ever re- ready and willing to tell us, Jess, we are ready and waiting. So what would be your question? Would that be the question you'd ask in front of thousands of people? <laughs> well, am I asking it in 2004 or am I asking it now? Okay, yeah. Are you, you're asking it in 2004. Oh, my God. I would just be, like, crying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> little me just like, I love you, Jessica. In 2004, what would I have asked Jessica? Probably something about her outfits, like – What's your favorite outfit that you've ever worn? Yeah. yeah. And what would it be now? Now, oh my God, it would be, um, what's your favorite episode of the Ashley and Jessica cast? 
<laughs> um, no, it would be, it would be, can you tell us a story about one of the five songs on the open book audiobook? what the inspiration was, how you wrote it, what the process was, and so on. Because I'm really curious about just where her head is at musically and what she wants to put out there. And I think that would give a lot of insight to that. Like, I'm dying to know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you a question real off topic, and it's not about this, but it is about Jess. Um, who do you think the John Stamos role is in the Amazon TV show? I think it's a man from my nightmares. Um, I <laughs> I have been vocal about the fact that I am not thrilled with the plot of this new show. Oh, um, sorry. No, that's okay. I You can ask me anything. I, I, I try to be very honest about how I feel about everything that Jessica and Ashley do because I want my listeners to know that they can trust me and that I'm not just going to say every single thing that they do, just be like, slay, oh my Absolutely, gosh, you yeah. know? So I do feel disappointed because I thought the show was going to be the story of Jessica's life because it's based on open book. So when I heard that there's this older uh, washed up musician mentoring this young girl, I was like, well, is that not a star is born? Especially because they, they do say that there's some like attraction, possible sexual tension between these people. And I just don't oh. understand why that's the story that we're getting. Like if Jessica just wanted to independently produce television and film I would be like okay like that story isn't the best but I'll you know whatever but because it's specifically supposed to be about her like based on open book I'm just curious because I don't ever feel that she was in a relationship with like a 50 year old washed up guy I mean Nick you know was older than her but no one would ever think of her him as old. Yeah. I, I just find it strange. And I'm like, unless she just didn't tell us that there was this older man in her life. But even so, it wasn't revealed in open book. Like, like if it's based on open book, who is this? You know, and I, I just I'm happy that Jessica seems so happy with it. Like she wrote a very passionate Instagram post about it. But I am definitely reserving my raves until I see it. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, sorry to sidetrack. And I didn't even realize, um, very bad research for me. I just saw the picture and saw the announcement of who was in it, but I didn't know that about the plot. So I had assumed he was either a Tommy Matola type or Joe, like father manager type. I didn't realize that that was the situation. So, okay, well, we'll just see what the show gives us and take it from there. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there'll be good things about it because it's Jessica and I just ever since the beginning of her career, I've tended to enjoy everything that she's done, Um, even, you know, some things more than others. But I I have faith in it because it's Jessica. But if I just heard about this random new show, I would be like, what? That plot's been done so many times, you know, like I don't even know that we needed the new star is born movie as much as I live for Gaga, you know, I'm like, okay, it's, it's been done so many times, you know? So I just find that to be a strange plot to choose out of everything involving Jessica and everything she's been through, but who knows, maybe it'll be brilliant. You know, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't want to be too judgmental early on. (laughs) Yeah. Let's wait and see. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, well, I look forward to your thoughts when it comes out. Thank you. So then, uh, you know, the show ends with uh, with you. And I love 
that she does that. Like she has the couch from the show and everything on the stage. I think it's great how she kind of recreated newlyweds for that moment. And um, it seems like she had a successful show despite not feeling too well. And then uh, Nick whisks her away on a. (laughs) Um, I just want to say before we move on completely, I do love how she has in the show, she has kind of like a sensible, fashionable white shawl. And then by the end, she's got for with you. She's got this like really humor, more humorous, like extreme shawl yes. situation going on. It's beautiful. I love that rainbow shawl. And the woman who makes them and who made her original one, the iconic yellow one from the show, um, her name is Cecilia Debucourt, and she is on Instagram. And you can still buy these. She has a team of people that hand make them, and she has all different colors, including the iconic color. But she doesn't have the rainbow, and that is why I have not purchased one because she said that if she ever comes across the the yarn again, she uses a very specific yarn, and she's like a perfectionist and doesn't want to use any other yarn. Which I I understand that, but she says if she ever comes across it again, she will make rainbow ones, and I am just waiting because I will be ordering that so fast it's just a matter of time yes. it will happen eventually thank you thank you for that <laughs> so yes let's go to um mtv's produce segment i mean nick's surprise <laughs> yes uh yes of course so jessica did say in her book that you know all these romantic gestures like nick did not really have anything to do with this was the show paying for it all arranging it all and he just has to show up, basically. And you can tell, like, can't you tell already that this is their second anniversary? They did not make it. Well, they they technically did make it to their third anniversary, but they were splitting up at the time. You can already tell that the tension in the back of that car, you know what I mean? It just feels very forced. Yeah. Um, you know, we all know how, like, uncomfortable just sort of general produced reality TV can feel. But the whole thing just felt very produced if i did wonder if they were already going through the motions as a couple by this point yeah it seems like they are and he just has to get in his like little comments you know she's talking about how it's such a you know sweet memory like she was like oh i'm mrs lachey and he's like well technically you're not because she hadn't legally changed her name yeah i mean look come on she's jessica simpson And she's busy. Like, you have to fill out that paperwork, go down to the city hall or whatever and do all that. Her career exploded after the marriage, Nick. You know, why don't you change your name to Nick Simpson? Why isn't that a conversation? It's it's, uh, in, you know, 2004. Like, let's move forward. Why why does it always have to automatically be the the man's you know that's why i i think with same-sex couples i I don't know how you feel about this if you were to get married but like i like that it's kind of more a discussion of like well whose name do we want to have if we want to change our name at all and then if there's a baby like whose name you know whose name does the baby get it's more of a conversation other than just like oh yeah because there's one man and one woman automatically it's the man's i'm straight but i don't i can't see myself and no offense to anyone who's like super traditional and is just like of course i'm gonna change my name to my husband's like that's completely fine it's whatever works for you but for me i would want to have some kind of like conversation about that or something yeah absolutely a choice yeah yeah you know i'm sure some people are like yeah it should just be even playing field always you know Mm -hmm. what if regardless of gender like if someone had a really like awful last name and then it's just assumed you're gonna have it like come on on. but yeah um i just thought all this stuff was really odd like the way it's all worded and maybe it's just poor producing on a part of that mtv's organized it and then maybe nick's just thrown in but it's all like him just saying to her do you remember this it's like 
it was only as you're saying two years ago of course she remembers it <laughs> i know i know it's like i guess it's romantic but it's it's not like they haven't been there in so long so let's blast from the past and go back to this church it's like i don't know like i mean she seemed to enjoy it though so i guess that was nice like she seemed to genuinely be happy checking it out and everything but there's also the moment where nick is saying in the back of the car like because they they rented the same car or he or mtv rented the same car that they had been brought to their wedding in and he was like well you know after we said i do i wanted to get some action in the car on the way home because you know jessica famously was open about saving her uh first time for marriage Mm -hmm. and jessica's like well i don't want my first time to be in the back of a car thanks for doing this for me it's very thoughtful remember i was trying to get some in the car but you weren't having it no i wanted to wait my first time had to be in a bed how are you gonna wait that long and then just like go at it in the car i just remember being like we did it i'm mrs lachey what well not technically speaking Two, almost two years later, I still haven't changed my name, but uh-huh. I will. I don't even know how to go about doing it, though. Texas for lovers. I just have to say, that was the right decision. Yeah, I, well, I just thought, yeah, good for her. Like, you know, I, I probably would have, if I was Jessica on my wedding day, I would have just gone for it in the, I mean, look, I wouldn't have waited till my wedding day first and foremost, but yeah, <laughs> in the car would have been me. So I was just like, good for you, girl. You know what you want. And if that's what you want to do, then good for you and assert yourself with this person. It's not a case of boxes ticked. Now we'll just do it straight away Wait and have her. <laughs> wonderful time yes i'm happy that she stuck to her guns and you know she did write in her book that when she met eric she slept with him that very night and i just love that she was like girl you know this time there's no waiting i found my man (laughs) and i'm good to go yeah when it's right it's right um Mm -hmm. i just thought as well it is interesting that he so often is just sort of like a stereotypical man like it just is like talks about sex like when it's like that I wanted to do it straight away or I don't know when it if it's in the montage or when when there's the throwaway line of like at the beginning of our marriage we used to have sex or something like that Mm -hmm. that's a throwaway joke but it's like does it always just have to circle back to this sort of thing mowing the lawn talking about sex come on Nick no wonder you didn't have the flourishing career of a a personality off the back of this (laughs) I know it's really boring like it's it's almost as if he's getting paid uh, per sexual reference. It's fine. Like, everyone gets it. You're straight. You have a penis. We're Like, it's yeah. good. It's fine. You don't have to mention it all the time. And and also what you're talking about, this the stereotypical, like, misogynist, macho man thing that he always does. Um, I didn't even mention earlier that, you know, Jessica was on vocal rest and she can't speak. Someone asked her a question and and her friend is like, oh, she can't talk. She's resting her voice and everything. And Nick is like, you know, this isn't such a bad thing. I would like to have this uh, more around the house. <laughs> and it's just like, really? I don't like, why? <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Let's all just sit in silence then. That's a happy marriage. I, I mean, obviously, know. it's wonderful to feel comfortable to sit in silence with someone, but that's a very different thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, come on, Nicholas Lachey, honestly. And it's that also, Nick, you are a pop star. Surely you've got a bit more to you than that. Come on. <laughs> I know. I get that it was just a joke, but those jokes happened all the time. Like, if they had a perfectly healthy, great marriage and he 
just made that one joke that would have been fine but it it was just so tired at that point like we've heard it you know yes Mm. like he's always playing that old school i'm so annoyed by my wife kind of thing you know like the old ball and chain and it's like no you don't have a ball and chain you have one of the most gorgeous talented and not to mention like aside from all that a truly sweet person like with humility and kindness and a loving person and you know and it's just like like the first joke fine but we've we've been in this for three seasons like you gotta do something else nick Yeah. And I do think potentially on the flip side of all that, I think weirdly this is what made the show work and made people connect to them as a couple and Jess as an individual, because especially sort of in the UK, but I'm sure everywhere, you would just see these like, they just seemed like a very normal couple in in a great way of like very relatable of like, you see these wonderful women with just these guys and you're like, what is going on here like you know the female has like incredible personality wonderful human being and this guy is just nothing personality wise and you're like what is going on there but um yeah very relatable at the same time Mm -hmm. yes i i agree i think there was a lot of people watching that had a similar dynamic and they were like that's that's even more relatable you know yeah also all these opinions are coming out of my head and mouth for the first time i didn't even realize i felt this way about nick until <laughs> we sat down to record this episode <laughs> no this this always happens i've had the gamut on here like i've had people that haven't watched newlyweds since back in the day and haven't given it much thought and then i have people that you know have watched consistently over the years and uh everyone is just like even even the girl that i had on here that is like the biggest Nick fan I've ever had on. Even she was like, oh no, like he's really bad in a lot of these episodes. <laughs> like everyone just agree. Like everyone feels the same way. I've, I've never once gotten like an angry message from a Nick fan. And, and, you know, even sometimes I'll get comments. Like if I post a picture with Nick in it, someone will be like, oh, he's so beautiful or his eyes or whatever. But I haven't really taken that much criticism for criticizing him. Cause I think even his fans are like, yeah, I wouldn't want him saying oh, you know, I used to get laid a lot more and stop talking and I'm going to shoot you in the butt. Like no one, no woman is like, ooh, yes. Like that's, <laughs> that's what I want, you know? No. No. So yeah, it is kind of cute when they sing Deep in the Heart of Texas, which... um <gasps> I loved that. <laughs> and I just thought there's this alternate world where they are either in real life or like they're just that couple on a sitcom like you could just see this whole other thing a snapshot of this tiny other thing quickly um yeah you're singing neighbors or those quirky characters or mm-hmm. yeah i just thought it was a really cute moment yeah i don't know if you've been exposed to this being from the uk but that song is kind of like an american staple over here (laughs) like especially if you're in texas everyone in texas knows every word to that song and there's like a a joke that you know if you just start singing that song uh no matter where you are in texas someone will start clapping and singing along with you and all that kind of stuff so i love that like i think that's so cute like i love anytime jessica is like a texas girl anytime she like shows that i find it very charming coming from her yeah yeah very cute well i didn't know that context at all so thank you for that (laughs) yeah so uh yeah they have dinner they're at this fancy place and nick gives her a locket from tiffany for her for i guess for the anniversary slash you know he gives this speech about how she's going on the road and he'll miss her but he'll be thinking of her the whole time and it was a nice 
locket. Yeah, and I just thought, what a like, lovely, lovely locket. Look, let's be nice. JSL, like, lovely. But even that, it's like, it's a really nice moment there. Then he has to be saying, you know, oh, well, it's just your name changed on there, not in real life, which you just mentioned. And then I just thought that is such a way to upsell. I didn't find or put a picture in by saying, you know, and you can pick your favorite picture of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going it, to it, I'm not going to criticize this too much because I feel like maybe that was sincere. But I feel yeah. like also it was just I didn't have time and I didn't want to pick a picture. So you you do it. Yeah, I mean, I do think maybe just put in a placeholder and say, you know, you can put in whatever one you want, but it's still lovely gift nevertheless, yeah. Before we get too full on dessert. Champagne toast. Here's to your tour. Hope it's a great one. Have a great time with the girls. I'm sure everything will go well. I will miss you very much, but I'll be thinking about you all the time. I love you. Aww. I love you too. Because I can't be with you. I got you something that hopefully will remind you of me Baby. while you're away. From Tiffany's? I just got the bag. And the box? And the box. Well, now I feel bad. I should have done something for you. <gasps> I didn't put a picture in it because I wanted you to pick your favorite picture of me or us and put it in there so that when you... I love it. I love you. I love you too, baby. This is so cute. Have a great tour. See, it says JSL. I changed my name on on the locket. <laughs> and that is legally binding. <laughs> it's as good as so legal. So say the it's court of Tiffany. <laughs> Thank you, baby. You're welcome. Resist carrying me. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't have asked for a better kickoff. This is where it all kicked off. Let's keep on kicking. Jessica says it was the perfect way to kick off the tour, and she says, let's keep on kicking, which is, you know, very Texas girl Jessica. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you were just started a tour, and then after the first night, even your partner, though, is like, oh, we're actually, like, not going to go straight away to the next tour stop. I'd feel very discombobulated about that. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know, I've got my schedule here. I need to be at the next venue. But lovely, <laughs> lovely produced segment, never, nonetheless. Yes. Um, and then we cut to a montage. Yes, uh, a montage of their first two years. And it was fine, I guess. I mean, it wasn't like show-stopping or anything like that. They tend to do this, though. Like, they they were doing joke montages for a while. Like, they did one... They did one where they implied that Nick and Joe were in love, and then they did another one where they implied that Nick and Drew were in love. So I guess it's only fitting that they would do an actual real <laughs> montage. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, those early crazy days of MTV reality television. Um, interesting. Yeah, I didn't think it was the most captivating montage, but it was sweet <laughs> nonetheless. I do think as a whole, I would have done. I would have loved just a whole episode of the tour like I didn't need this second half of the episode absolutely that's what I want to see I want to see Jessica working on her music that to me is honestly like still the most interesting part about her like as much as I do want um a docuseries of her working on the collection I will always you know I fell in love with Jessica the musical artist and singer and that's what I want to see yeah same I mean 
when we, you know, that will always be the thing that makes our heart, you know, ticks our heart, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So now we can get into our fashion segment. And we already talked a little bit about her outfits, but um, I do want to mention she looked insanely hot in that black or the dark brown or the what is it like tan light brown dress that she had on for the anniversary gorgeous gorgeous and so like 2003 like that fact that was even like 2003 2004 fashion here it was it was it was high street but gorgeous yes beautiful and like fit her so perfectly yeah and i mean she just looked sensational and then we have kind of an iconic outfit, well, a version of an iconic outfit. When she is rehearsing in the arena, she's wearing uh, this gray matching sweatsuit, which is by this brand Primp, that had all of these splatter lounge sets back in the early 2000s that mm-hmm. all the girls wore. And Jessica's, the one that she had three different ones, maybe even more, but she had a blue one. That one is the most iconic one with the with um the ice cream cone on it. And she also had a pink one that she wears on the show a lot. And this is the gray one. And these outfits are going for $300 a piece still on the Whoa. resellers. Because, I mean, mostly because of Jessica, but also I, Paris Hilton was seen in them a lot and some other some other girls from that era. Wow. I wonder if Jess still has hers in the archive. Oh, she has to because there's this one look it's one of my all-time favorite jessica looks she's wearing the blue matching set with white high heels and perfect hair and makeup and i feel like she is why i think a woman who has full hair and makeup but sweats on is glamorous oh yeah absolutely i love that look i always feel it's because of jessica like if i um, you know, perform all day or something and I'm like too lazy to take my makeup off and I put on a sweatsuit or something and I'm like all done up but I'm in like lazy clothes. I feel so fabulous. I'm like, I am Jessica. <laughs> there we go. The power of Jessica. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yes. And so we already talked about her tour outfits and then it's funny that we talked about like the Asian characters and stuff because in in her first rehearsal scene, she's wearing a sweatshirt that has Asian characters on the back. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it was the time. It was the fashion. This era, it was kind of like fading away, but especially in like 99, 2000. Yeah, and like I think Jerry and the Spice Girls in like 97, 98 would wear kind of like a wrap brown dress with like heavy patterns on. I think there's like imagery of either, I can't remember if it's in the show Sabrina or Melissa Joan Hart as a celebrity, like, would wear that like big stars kind of wearing that kind of stuff in the late 90s yeah yes and speaking of i know we're 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 going long here but speaking of i just am curious did you read melanie c's new book yes again audio book when because i was just wanted to hear her straight away it came out when i was on holiday so it was hard to get the physical copy so i just got the audio book straight away yeah i thought it was really it was incredible and really this is stuff you know like me and david go hard for the spice girls so it was really interesting to hear it from her POV, a lot of it. Very sad, I thought. A lot of it, especially, you know, um, as obviously my life's incredibly different to her. Spoiler alert, I'm not a Spice Girl. But from having just like a performance background, like a lot of it hit home in a way that I wasn't prepared for listening to it. 
Oh, yes, I just downloaded it. So I think this is the book I'm going to dive into like over Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. So I'm, yeah. I'm really happy to hear that you felt that it was incredible because I loved Mel B's book, but I just think because it was so heavily about the abuse that that she experienced, it was very hard to get through, you know? Yeah. So I'm excited for like this whole, I, I just love that it's called the sp- the sporty one, you know, like it's just so spice. Yeah. So that's the American title here. It's called Who I Am. And then, oh. for, uh, and my friend Bryn actually co-wrote that song with her, Who I Am. It's a song from her last album, a single. Uh, and then, yeah, for the American release, she's called it The Sporty One, which I think is fantastic. Like, very clever marketing. Get that SEO mm-hmm. out there. And, yeah, it's very Spice Girls heavy in a way of what I love about Melanie C in this moment is she's embraced who she is like every era like there was just such a time where it felt like she wanted to be as far away from the Spice Girls as she could but now she's just embracing it and it feels like she's accepted that and can really enjoy that time of her life as well um and yeah it's so fascinating to hear all the Spice Girls stuff from her POV oh I'm so happy to hear that because I do remember for a while her attitude was kind of like Yes, like the Spice Girls was great while it lasted, but we've all moved on. Let's just focus on other things. And I was like, girl, I I have not focused on anything else since 1996. Like, I, I love I... you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and now I love that it's like Mel C, like, well, of course, I'll always be a Spice Girl. Yes. Um, Which is just wonderful to hear. Mm-hmm. And girls, we are ready for the next tour. Leah, how did you not get yourself to the UK for the Spice World tour? I'm embarrassed, honestly. Um, but I honestly I will. Like if they do that again, especially if all five, but even if it's four. I actually, strangely enough, when I was a child, I briefly, like for two seconds, met the Spice Girls and and had that experience, but I never got wow. to actually see them perform their music, which is heartbreaking because i i truly think their music is so good i always did but i was just talking about this on another podcast that music has grown with me like any great piece of art like it i i loved it as a child but then as i became a teenager i started to enjoy it in more depth and then my 20s and i feel like it's music that i'll always carry with me so i really want to hear them sing live and perform live and just you know, they have energy unlike anyone else. And so that is something that I will, that I would love to come to the UK for. So don't count me out on the next one. Well, great. And then we'll have a good old party in London. Oh, please. What, um, what was the situation of the two seconds encounter with them? Oh, so they, when during the release of Spice World, the movie, um, mm. they did an appearance at Planet Hollywood in New York City. And I was in second grade and my mom just knew that like I lived and died for them and told my dad like we have to pull her out of school for this and he was like he was like okay and they picked me up from school it was I I couldn't breathe like so excited and we had a choice my dad um my dad is a retired police officer so we were always going behind the scenes of things when I was a kid because he still had all of his connections and stuff so if there was security or police he would just kind of show you know his his he has this like golden card because he got all these honors or whatever um not to be dismissive like that's awesome (laughs) but like you know what I mean I was like can it get us into the Spice Girls or not dad what's gonna happen here and so we had the choice between standing outside and watching them perform 
which that was when they came up in the double decker bus and oh, wow. and perform they were going to perform like two or three songs but it was january so it was freezing mm. um or we could see them inside for just like a couple minutes and i at the time i guess like i just really wanted to meet them and so we were allowed to go into like a press room and i remember standing watching them enter and then we got to go into this press room and just very briefly like they they were standing in a line almost like when you meet the royal family or something. And we all, like a bunch of people got to go up and just say like, hello, hi. And that, that was it. Like I didn't even get to talk to them, but I was, uh, let's see. I was about, I was about to turn nine. So I wow. d- don't know what I would have said anyway. And I was dressed like baby spice. So there was a rea- a reaction there from, um, from all of them, like thought I was really cute and stuff. Aww. I do hold it close to my heart as like just an insane moment for little me to have. And no one in my class believed me. I was made fun of relentlessly until I got the photos developed the next week, which I didn't get a photo with them, but I, I do have a couple photos of them. And that shut everybody up right quick. So there you go. That is incredible. <laughs> Do you still have the photos? I have them somewhere. I have to find them because I also have, I have photos that we took, but I also have photos because we met another crazed young girl that her parents brought her because, you know, they just had, they couldn't say no, you know, and they, we became like pen pals and they sent oh. me their photos as well. <laughs> So lovely. And Jerry was still there at this point. Yes, she was wearing an American flag sweater, you know, because she normally would wear the UK flag. But because she was in America promoting it, she wore like an American flag sweater. And they all just looked, oh, they looked so gorgeous. And like, I'll never forget that moment. Like, oddly, I don't remember meeting them as well, because it was so fast. But I remember Mm. that moment, because we were all standing there in front of behind a barricade and I'll never forget the moment when they came in like it was just the wind knocked out of me just being so young and just looking up to them so much and just not really processing that I could ever see them or meet them or anything and then just seeing them right in front of me and you know how like their energy was just so unique like when they walked into a room it was just you you would never take your eyes off any of them and individually but as a group it was just so overwhelming and I'll just never forget when they walked in and like said hi to all their fans it was like mind-blowing you know and that's the magic of girl power that is incredible oh I love them I can't wait for there's definitely going to be another tour I think they'll do America next I think they'll do the UK again but I think they'll definitely take it international the (sighs) next tour Please, God. I mean, after that, those videos that David Beckham took of them all dancing, I mean, we wish Mel B was there, but, you know, oh my gosh. Like, I just love that seeing that video of them, like, not taking themselves too seriously, just enjoying it and singing along and dancing together was like, oh my God, that, you know, like, if I had been sick, that would have cured me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was it was heart filling that it was just absolutely wonderful and yeah you just saw it's a snapshot of like the pure joy they have together and it was so nice to see them just enjoying the song you know a lot of people if their song come on they'd be like oh no but you know it was jerry's birthday they were all there apart from Melby, unfortunately and yeah just enjoying a little snapshot of the magic that happens when we see them together yes um Absolutely incredible. I want to ask one quick newlyweds question before okay. we go. So I, this was brand new to me. Credits roll, producer, Larry Rudolph. 
Yeah. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> he was Nick's manager. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, that's brand new news to me. Okay, well, he clearly didn't work the magic there. That No, because, well, I, yeah, I talked about this early on because he's on an, a very early episode of Newlyweds. I believe it's the second episode ever um, when Nick is hiring dancers and filming his music video. Larry is oh, there. Oh, right. He okay. was hired to manage Nick for his solo career. And at first when you hear that, you're like, wow, like that's Britney's manager, like good for Nick. But would you really want him managing your career at the same time that he's managing Britney when she is that big? I mean, obviously, you know, he's answering all Britney's calls on the first ring and letting Nick go to voicemail. So (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it it didn't work. No, it didn't work. Um, But yeah, okay. Well, I've learned something new there. Thank you for sharing (laughs) that with me. Yes, and thank you for for coming on my show again. It is time to rate the episode, so you probably remember Joel, but if this is anyone's first episode, we don't rate our episodes with stars or thumbs up. Here at the Ashley and Jessica cast, we rate our episodes in something from the episode. So you could say that you thought the episode was a solid three out of five cans of chicken of the sea. Or something like that. So, Joel, what do you rate this episode out of five and why? I rate this episode three and a half JSL lockets from Tiffany's. (laughs) And the reason why is it would be five if it was all tour. But it was wonderful to see the snapshot of that. But yeah, I would have loved a full episode on tour. Yes. Yes, that's the key. I'm going to read it a little bit higher. I am going to give it a solid mm, four out of five cortisone shots. <laughs> because <laughs> we rarely get to see Jessica like really breaking it down and, and saying the things like that she was saying, you know, uh, how she wanted to critique all the details of her show and everything. I just enjoy that so much. Mm. And I just love that she got to have a tour like this once in her career and she got to have this shining moment as like the pop superstar that she was at the time. Unfortunately, Nick brings the whole episode down um, (laughs) or else it would be a solid five, but that's impossible. So, um, so yeah, I rate, I rate this one a four out of five and I rate Nick's lawn uh, 0.5 out of five. (laughs) Oh, Nick's lawn is like minus five lawnmowers that needs to go back to the store. Yeah, exactly. It's just sad. But I do imagine Nick like showing that episode to his grandchildren as like the <laughs> one episode that like he likes. <laughs> this is the one you can watch, guys. This yeah. sh- this is truly me. Look at that lawn. Um <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Joel, please let everybody know where they can follow you on social media. So please follow me at Dr. Underscore Joel B on all social platforms and check out the podcast. It's right back at you, the 2000s pop music podcast, and you can follow us at right back pod on all social platforms. Yes. And if you haven't heard uh, their podcast before, please give it a listen. You can use the Ashley or Jessica episodes as your gateway drug. But I also have to say that I absolutely loved your episode on Christina Aguilera's Stripped. So that's another fantastic one. I'm actually wearing a Christine Aguilera top right now. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) Because she needs, you know, she needs to, she needs more respect. I'm glad she just won a Grammy, but 
She needs even more thing. respect. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw her front row, Leah. I went to oh. the very front row um, at the O2 Arena, Christina Aguilera in concert. It was, it, as Christina would say, it was an experience. It literally was one of the <laughs> best nights of my life. Oh, my goodness. She, she was singing live the whole time. Yeah, live the whole time. What I loved is like, she gives you, it was like a slick hour and a half show. Like you don't get the full song of any of them. It's just like hit, hit, hit. But it just moves so seamlessly through. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was it was wonderful. Like it's just, nothing brings me more joy than seeing our girls absolutely thriving, you know? I know. I haven't seen her since 2003. Wow. On the the tour that she for some reason had to share with Justin Timberlake don't get me started (laughs) well when that came to the UK it was they both did individual tours they didn't tour together here I know that's why I'm glad that they recorded that one they recorded stripped in the UK because you know we didn't have to deal with Justin so that was good but yes the next time she is out around here I will be there because I oh I need to hear that voice in person again so so singular you know nobody sounds like her no one no absolutely incredible well leah thank you so much for having me back i love what you do and i love coming on this podcast and you know i will talk about our girls any time oh my gosh of course i will be having you on again at some point for i mean it could literally be about anything but even if we just want to do a romeo and michelle episode oh look if you want to do anything like that (laughs) any of that i will come on happily yeah you just let me know good you can count on that thank you so much for listening everybody we appreciate you and i will see you next week thanks everybody bye bye thank you so much for listening to the ashley and jessica cast i'm your host leah russo you can follow me on instagram and twitter at capria moon that's at c-a-p-r-i-a-m-o-o-n and follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessicast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessicast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessicast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.